And before I read our scripture reading today, I um, just want to share something. Um, some of you might have caught um, President Biden's speech yesterday. And some of you might have sort of followed the, um, the response to that speech. And I'm not here to talk about the content of the speech itself. But what really struck me was how much weight the President of the United States has. That every word he says will be parsed carefully because every word he says has consequences to the war that is occurring today. We are blessed to have God's word and to know that God has spoken plainly to us. There's no need to sort of parse it in such a way that there's misunderstanding. God, through his spirit, has given you the interpretive grid or the hermeneutic that you need to understand his simple truth. The truth is that God's word describes all of reality. The simple truth is God's word provides everything that you need for a life of holiness, a life of meaning. And so when we sit under the reading of God's word, know that you're blessed and privileged to hear the mind of God and to know that he's speaking to you in love that you may have life to its fullest. So our scripture reading this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. And this is the word of God. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. Sorry. Children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, 
encourage one another, and build one another up just as you are doing. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. Before we start, just say hello to each other once again. Look around and say hello. Say hello to your brothers and your sisters in Christ. You might not know the people around you, but that's okay. We have our God who is in common to us. And when we are able to say amen to God's word and amen to what God is doing in our lives together, we see that we are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and praise be to him. As we continue our series on 1 Thessalonians, we saw yesterday that the church at Thessalonia was concerned about brothers and sisters who had passed away. What becomes of them? What becomes of people who are taken by the Lord before his arrival? And Paul explains to them that they are asleep. They are with the Lord. And being with the Lord is a good thing, not a bad thing. They are not, as we say, sort of just asleep in some sort of uh, chamber, in sort of the, this, this, this state of, of, of nothingness, waiting for God to return. But they are fully awake, fully alive with the Lord. We also saw that, that they are able to see the fullness of Christ in his bodily form. And they are praising him because they see Jesus as the first fruit of what will happen at the end of all time. That when the new heavens and the new earth come, that all of us will receive that new glorified body. That all of us together will live in the new heavens and the new earth, much like this, but in its glorified state. And they're able to gaze on Christ. And even at that point, they are longing. Jesus, when are you going to go back? When are you going to go back? We love what we have here in heaven, in the spiritual state. But we want the perfection of the glorified creation that you intended when you created all things from the beginning. And so he encourages the church, for, for those of you who, who know people who have passed on, who know the Lord, yes, it's bittersweet. We don't look at death and say, it's nothing. But neither are we lost because of it. For we know that those who know the Lord are with the Lord at this moment. And we know that the Lord that they are worshiping in Jesus is the same Lord we're worshiping today. So in many ways, as we worship Jesus together, those who are asleep and those who are alive here, we are fellowshipping together in the Lord. 
this is the hope of the believer. This is the hope that Paul is, is trying to, to press upon this congregation who's wondering what happens to those who pass away. And so for us too, let us never be afraid of death, but let us be sorrowful that death still occurs. Let us never be afraid that our salvation can be taken away from us. Rejoice in it. But yes, weep for those who have yet to know Christ. And so labor on both ends. Labor to allow creation to speak about the glories of God. Reverse the effects of the fall as much as possible as we can today. I know it's like trying to hold back a tidal wave. But every increment that we do reveals God's providential hand in restraining evil and giving good. For those of you who are in medicine, you see it clearly what you are doing. But even those who are manual laborers, even those who are white-collar laborers, even if you work with your mind or work with your, your hands, you are pushing back the fall. And you are showing God's common grace to all. And in the same manner, Love people well in the gospel. Reverse death, so to speak, by proclaiming the good news that Christ saves to all. As each person comes to know the Lord, you are reversing the most insidious effect of the fall and bringing salvation to those around you. But either way, we know that our future is assured with the Lord. And so we have hope. No fear, but hope. We can work hard. We can love hard. Because our treasures are assured. Now in this passage today, Paul goes on to talk more about the end times. And here he talks more about when. When will Jesus come? When? Now there's a tendency in the human heart. One is hopelessness to say, Jesus, I don't know when you're going to come. But I give up. You're not going to come. You're not going to show up. There's nothing you can do to change my life or to change the things around me. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to run away. I'm going to hide myself in my addictions. I'm going to hide myself in my work. I'm going to hide myself in whatever 
there might be, but, but I give up. For others, though, there's this tendency for us to live outside of the known world and to say, Jesus is coming tomorrow. Jesus is coming tomorrow. And because you're thinking Jesus is coming tomorrow, you have this un, un you have this un, um, you have this expectation expectation that everything will be made right in a day. And so you put aside all your earthly duties because you want Jesus to come now. Now rest assured, the church here in Thessalonia and, and we as God's people, we need to believe in the imminent return of Christ himself. We can't live a hopeless life and just say this is all there is. But neither can we sort of divest ourselves from the world today and say that all we have to do is wait for Jesus to come. But we need to live in the here and now with the expectation of Christ's coming. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that there will always be people who will say that they know that Jesus is coming and that he'll come soon and right away. I still remember myself and my own experience. There was a, a man by the name of Harold Camping. And why his name is, is uh, so important is because Harold Camping is sort of, used to be sort of part of our Reformed Family. He was CRC, the Christian Reformed Church. Um, and so we're part of the same family. Uh, he founded Family Radio. If some of you listened to it, or maybe some of your parents listened to it. But he wrote this book called 1994. It was about this thick. And I was, how old was I then? I was 24. So you can do the math. And I was ministering at a church, and everyone was listening to this. And this was in a Korean-American context still, right? And, and Harold Camping basically said that Jesus is coming in 1994. He's coming. And he picked the month, he picked the day, he picked the year. Jesus didn't come. I hope you, you know that. Uh, Jesus didn't come. And then he changed the date to October. Um, Jesus still didn't come. And, and in the end, he said, well, maybe it's 2011. He still didn't come. But you can imagine how worked up everyone was getting. People were leaving their jobs. People were being irresponsible with their families because they believed that Jesus was coming there at that moment. We know that this happens on a regular basis. There's the um, 
Seventh-day Adventists, for those of you who, who know of that church. That church came out of what we call a millenarian movement. In, in other words, they believed that Jesus was going to come soon. That's why Seventh-day Adventists, that Adventist means Advent, coming. They believed that Jesus' coming was, was imminent. And so they banded together and they worshiped together and, and they, they truly believed that Jesus would come any day. There were many of these Adventist um, movements in, in the uh, late 19th century. And you might be familiar with this passage in Matthew 24, verse 36, where Jesus says, But concerning that day, his coming, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So that passage says, we can't know the day or hour. But a lot of Adventists would say, but we can know the month and the year. And that's what they did. And so they waited for Jesus to come, but Jesus didn't come. And so the Seventh-day Adventist movement actually, in many ways, they became a church or a, or a, 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 a group because Jesus didn't come and they had to do something. And so that's why they're Seventh-day Adventists. Jesus tells us that none of us are going to know when he will come. That not even the angels or he himself know when that hour will be. And so it's no concern to us to dig through Scripture to try to define that day. Now, it's human nature for us to do this. If you have parents, which many of you, you're here because you have parents, I will tell you, they try to divine the time. Okay, this is when they're going to go to college. This is when they're going to get married. This is when I want to have grandkids. This is when I will, you know, uh, retire, and, and so forth and so forth. But for all of us, we don't know what is laid before us. And so God does not want any of us to get caught up and to waste our time and energy to try to divine something that is not going to be revealed to us. But instead, what does he, what does he want us to focus upon? He wants us to know in verse 7, in verse 7, sorry, verse 8, but since we belong to the day, since you know Jesus Christ, just be sober. Be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love. In other words, because you know Christ, because your, your heart, your, your, your inner self, your salvation is secured by the breastplate of faith and love and by the helmet of the hope of salvation, be sober. For we know that our destination is not wrath, but it's salvation. The Lord wants us 
in our life today to simply live as children of light. Think of what you need to do today. What does God require of you today? Not tomorrow. Not next month. Not next year. But just today. God requires of me to come worship him. God requires of me to love my family. God requires of me to change my habits. God requires of me to love the people around me. God requires of me to be faithful. No more, no less. Instead of dreaming about a year from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, or when Jesus comes back, we be faithful today. And we allow God to open the doors for you and me. Have you ever been with people who are obsessed about the future? Just about the future. They're obsessed about what they want in the future, but they do nothing to work for today. Not only do they not receive or obtain what's in the future, but they waste the moments of the day. The Lord says to you and to me, I freed you of that. I freed you of worrying about the tomorrow. I freed you about worrying about next month. I freed you from worrying about eternity. Live well. Love well. Be responsible with what I've given you. Don't look around you and say, I want what that person has, or I want what that person has, or I want to be like that. Don't worry. God will take care of all of that. And the joyous thing about about this book that, that, that I, that, and one of the reasons why I really enjoy reading First Thessalonians is just what it says in verse 11. He always ends with something like this. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So don't waste too much time discussing amongst each other, when is Jesus going to come back? Don't waste too much time discussing about what I'm going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. But instead, encourage one another. Build one another up. 
Keep doing what you are doing, church. Keep pressing forward. Because the Lord has surely blessed you. Brothers and sisters, let me remind you again, this letter to the first Thessalonians, this encouragement, this, this teaching, is always built upon the evidence that the people at this church know knows Christ. If you know Christ, these words are encouraging to you. Hold on to them. Obey them. For those of you here who are perhaps wrestling with whether or not I believe this, I ask of you, what could it hurt not to trust the word of God? Just trust it. Just trust him. Give him six months and just follow everything that Jesus wants you to follow. Just test him. I assure you, these words are not like the words of a president of a nation. These words are true. These words are life-giving. Praise be to our Lord who loves us. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we do not need to worry about the time that you will return. And in so doing, we don't need to worry about our future. Tomorrow has enough, today has enough trouble in itself as Jesus taught us but Lord, that each and every day that we are taught to just be faithful. What should we do, Lord God, to demonstrate love to one another? Perhaps there's a day, Lord, that we think it looks wasted just trying to be faithful to you. But there is no day that is wasted, Lord God. So Lord God, help us not to be optimizers of time or optimizers of our lives but help us to walk in relationship with you and other people. For Lord, we know that we will have eternity with you. We have all the time in the world because of you. We thank you, Lord, for CCPC. Help us, Lord, to continue to encourage one another and build one another up just as we are doing and we Lord we, we pray for those who are languishing in faith or people who don't know you here, here in this audience help us Lord to take your word as your word and then demonstrate to us Lord God that these are no, these are no words written by human hands but these words come from you in power. These words that, are, that we read are life. So we praise you. We worship you. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.